0: Alright guys, welcome to today's show and this is a very special episode of the Western Rookie because we have some true Western Rookies as far as elk hunting goes. I shouldn't say total Western Rookies, but I'm sitting down with three guys at Elk Camp 2022 who have all successfully killed their first bull elk. And it wasn't that long ago that I was in this position where I had just killed my first ever and now we're in a camp where we really prioritize helping people get their first elk and it's been lights out so far this season. We're only halfway through, already have five bulls down, three of which were taken by first time hunters or first time elk hunters. And we still have a lot of hunting left to do. So we'll see how it all pans out, but let's jump into this episode with Jason, Adam and Joe. I don't know what to expect.
1: If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you.
0: All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got three guys that have all killed bulls this week at Elk Camp 2022. Now, this is how many many of your first times? All of us. All of us. Your first time killing, but you've been at elk camp before.
1: Yeah, I just didn't buy a tag.
0: And then it's both of your first times. Yep. So we're going to go around clockwise, and uh, I'll, I'll do a quick intro. We've got Trinidad, a.k.a. Jason. He got the nickname Trinidad here at camp for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and then we've got Adam. Adam's from Iowa. And, uh, well, I was going to say, and you killed your first bull, but that's the story of everybody, basically. And then we've got Joe. And so... We're going to go over all of the elk kills this week, talk about kind of how it all played out. We're missing one guy. He bailed out early. He said, I got my bull. I'm not helping pack anybody out. (laughs) Uh, No, they, uh, they had to be back for something. And so, uh, five bulls so far, we've got one day left. And I think last year they killed two on, on the final day that they were hunting. So we'll see how it turns out. But Jason, why don't you start out? Uh, where are you from and how long have you been hunting?
2: So I grew up in uh, Chicago. Uh, moved to Colorado in 99 for college. And I uh, went to CSU for Collins. And I've uh, stuck around Colorado since then. Had a couple of jobs that took me out of the state for a couple of years, but uh, made my way back. Um, I got into hunting, um, pheasant hunting, with a guy that I played uh, college hockey with, Sam Kincaid. Um, He took me out to Nebraska, and we uh, pheasant-hunted public land out there. I forget the area, but um, that's basically how I got into it. Um, A couple years ago, I uh, pulled an elk tag and um, just kind of went out there on my own and poked around a little bit, but um, nothing like the camp here. uh, So um, this was my first experience uh, uh like doing multiple days seven days um, in the back country um, never never hunted big game or never killed big game before so um, it was all kind of new to me um, i've done a lot of like shooting classes and stuff like that, so feel comfortable shooting um, but the whole hunting aspect was new to me
0: man, you came out ready to rip though like <laughs> I remember the first night you got here, you are like, dude, whatever you guys want to do tomorrow, I'm in. I'll help pack. I'll just sit, I'll ride along. I don't care what you need. And uh, you just seemed pretty eager to learn right out of the gate.
2: Yeah, yeah, I wanted to come in and um, try to get the whole experience. And um, even if I didn't shoot anything, try to uh, be as much of a part of it as I could.
3: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Adam. Uh, Adam Virgens out of Nevada, Iowa. Um, I've been hunting all my life. My uh, dad brought me up. It was a way of our living, I guess, and being around guns and everything like that. I was done trapping and deer, especially being from the Midwest. Whitetail, number one thing, and pheasant. And then I met up with the Lachinsky boys, and like, have you ever hunted an elk? And I was like, no, it's on my bucket list, though. And like, boy, do we got something for you. and. They asked me to come out this year, and yeah, one of the greatest feelings in the world. Dude, you hit me
0: up on social media, and you were like, hey, man, excited to meet you at elk camp. Heard a lot about you, and I'm like, who is this guy, and what elk camp are you talking about? And you're like, with Sean and Shane. I was like, oh, shoot, he already knows. Like, This isn't just some random guy saying, hey, I'm showing up at elk camp. Um, But yeah, dude, it's been awesome hunting with you, and uh, we're going to get to your story here in just
1: a second. Joe, what about you? Uh, my name's Joe Ewing, I'm from Lyman, Nebraska. Uh, pretty much hunted all my life. Um, mostly, I, li- I really like hunting deer. Shot a lot of deer. Um, do some pheasant hunting, a lot of goose hunting. A lot of waterfowl, I guess you'd say. Um, so yeah, uh, I ran into Shane, I worked, worked with him, and uh, we got to talking and stuff, and he says hey why don't you come up to elk camp and and kick it with us you know so last year was my first year up um i really never been big game hunting other than deer and and he says uh come on up and try it you know so i asked if i could bring my boy along casey and he's like yeah go for it and we come up and casey decided to uh he wanted to get a tag and i was like oh i'm gonna hold off and let's see what this is all about and so I didn't get a tag last year. He shot one opening morning at like 8.30 in the morning, and we packed it out. It took us till I think we got back to the side-by-side about three thirty, four o'clock, and it was a lot of work. And then this year I, I decided to uh, buy a tag and give it a go.
0: Heck, yeah. It's been, it's been a wild first, like, few days. And now, I mean, looking at the whole week, five yeah. bulls down in camp, One one that got away. Uh, They definitely put in the work to try to find that thing, but unfortunately they couldn't. But lots of packouts. Holy cow. I've never been a part of so many packouts in (laughs) one week. This has been nuts. Yep. So we're going to go through and, in chronological order, talk about the elk hunts and how they all played out. So, I mean, who who is with for which elk hunts first?
3: I, J- uh, Joe, Joe and Adam. With me.
0: You guys were together for Adams. Yep. Yep. Adam and I, or Joe and I, were together for Joe's. Yep.
2: And then um, for mine, um, I had Sean, Fish, Thad, and Beck with me.
3: Okay. And I had Fish.
2: Well, and I was going to say, I
3: think his first night here, he went to Spike Camp. No. Then you go up and sleep second, on the mountain. Second night. Second, second night. yep.
0: Second night, yeah. Yep. And each each day, it's just been, I feel like we've kind of called it like, hey, someone's going to shoot a bull down in this area, yep. and it just keeps on happening. Ew. And hearing from some of the other hunters around here, like we talked to some guys today from West Virginia, and they were like, dude, we used to see elk all the time here, and it doesn't seem like we can find anything now, what the heck, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and... On our end, we're like, well, shoot, man. <laughs> we've shot six bulls so far. Yeah. We don't tell everybody that because then they're going to start following us around. And then seeing how many on top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, it's definitely a good feeling riding through. Yep. And uh, watching people just stare at your side-by-side or your four-wheeler as you come by <laughs> with the rack. Gotcha. They're, like, tapping their buddy. They all <laughs> pop out and look. Uh, we moved camp one time uh, because... The road getting back to where we normally camp was so muddy we had three trailers get stuck well one trailer gets stuck twice and then another trailer gets stuck we had to hook trucks up to them hook side by sides up to them pull them out luckily the road dried out enough to where we could all move back down to where we are now and uh man it was a muddy mess luckily we got out here just in time for a snowstorm And now the roads are even worse than (laughs) what they were before yeah talk about mud yeah it's it's been wild so uh starting out day one i mean we didn't do a lot of scouting this year normally we get out and scout a bunch before and just figure out kind of where the where the elk are moving but this year we didn't and uh we decided to go back in and it was kind of going to be a first day scouting mission Uh, we got back in there obviously we had rifles that were loaded ready to rock and we get back in there and we just we saw a bunch of elk up high we didn't see really anything down low and we just kept on pushing and pushing and it was like at first there were four of us all together it was me, Fish, Beck and Justin and Beck kept saying man like uh, uh, once we get to that finger I'm turning around like there's I need to be hunting and I'm like dude, what do you think we're doing out here, man? we got loaded <laughs> rifles. We're hunting right now. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just don't want to go any farther. And, and so they, they finally bailed out, him and Justin. I was like, hey, why don't we stay in twos, you know? Like this country out here is unforgiving, as you guys yeah. figured out on Adam's pack out. Um, but we got back in there, and it was, it was no man's land. I mean, I've been told a couple times by people, hey, if you see an elk back here, just don't even think about it. Like it's gnarly getting it out. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, never plan on shooting one back there. And saw all these cows and spikes and raghorns up on the mountain. And then I saw a bedded bull and it was a five by five. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I just want to, you know, take a peek at it. Wasn't planning on shooting it at all. And we watched it for probably 15, 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden I see movement to the left. And I was like, that looks like a much bigger body than that five by five that's bedded down. And then I see these whale tails on it. And I was like, hey, fish, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but just so you know, I'm probably going to go shoot that bull right now. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And right before Beck and Justin left, we had seen the cows up high, and he's like, Beck was like, Dan, Dan, do not shoot an elk back there. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. So sure enough, this thing – steps out, and uh, I get a good look at it, and I was like, yep, this is happening right now, and so it was at 880, and I ranged a, uh, like, glassing knob that was probably another 300 yards from me, and so I figured I'd get within at least 700, because it wasn't a straight line, you know, I had to kind of cut diagonally, and so I was like, I'm going to cut the distance by a couple hundred yards, probably, and we get up there, and I start glassing, looking for the bedded bull, because it was wide open, and I was like, if I find that, I'll find the other one, and the bedded bull was gone. And so I start panning the hillside, and here these two bulls are standing right, right behind one another, like single file heading up the mountain. And I range them, and they were at 637, and they had no plan of moving. They were just standing there, staring our way. And I quickly dialed my turret, pulled the trigger, watched it buckle, and I'm like, that was a good hit, and Fish was like, yeah, it was, but it was still standing there, so I reloaded, (laughs) sent another round, and he just folded right there, and at that point, the five-by-five just kept standing there, (laughs) and so I was like, Fish, you want to shoot that one, and he's like, no, man, no, I can't shoot that far, I was like, dude, use my gun, he's like, no, I better not. <laughs> and so we let that one walk. But, I mean, it was, it was quite the endeavor getting it out. First, I went over by myself because we didn't know how the canyon that we had to cross was pretty steep. And I didn't know if I'd find it again once I got to the other side or, you know, it, it would have been difficult or I thought it would be difficult. So fish stayed back to kind of guide me to it. And as soon as I crossed the canyon, I had a gap in the trees where I, I had spotted four dead trees that I was like, dude, it's just to the right of those. I'm going to go up there. And so I I was able to walk all the way over to it, quartered it out that night. uh, And then we had a team of six of us that went in the next day and packed it out. Oh, and while I was quartering it out, Fish is sitting there glassing the whole time. And he calls me and he's like, dude, you've got elk right above you like within 100 yards, and they were bugling like crazy. I mean, right above me. And I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me, man. I wish we brought like 10 people back in here. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was it. The next day we went back in, packed it out. It was a full eight-hour day packing it out. And uh, that's the same day that Adam popped. Actually, you shot one before we actually dropped in to pack it out. We saw you guys over there at your bull when we started going down. Yep. So start to finish, how did that play out? I mean, did you guys see it right away when you got out of the side-by-sides, or did it
3: take a little while to find? So uh, there was four of us, and like we mentioned earlier, Joe was with, and then his boy, Casey, and then Shane. And we went over yonder, and Shane looked at me, and he's like, well, are you going to go with me up here in glass, or are you going to go with Joe and Casey? I was like, well, I don't care. Just tell me what way to go. He's like, well. You haven't gone in yet, so go with Joe and Casey. Well, then, like every every other rule, you know, you always pick a first gun and a second gun. So I looked at Joe, and I said, well, well you— Well, fir- and the way that that works
0: is if you haven't killed yet, you're at the top of the list. Yep. If you have killed, you automatically go to the bottom. So if you're in basically immediate proximity of somebody else, if you've killed more recently than they have, they get to go first. Yep. And and so, yeah.
3: Yep. And, uh, so Joe, <laughs> Joe looked at me and he's like, Oh no, your first gun, your first gun. Don't even ask your first gun. I was like, ah, oh, crap. Okay. Well, I didn't even think I was going to see anything or whatnot. So I just grabbed my gun and started walking down the hill with them. And all of a sudden Casey's like, Hey, I got a nice five by five. I was like, Oh, whatever. Not this quick. And all of a sudden he showed me and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well then we're looking at the mountain and, the mountain just looks like ants. And it's like, well, all right, let's, let's look a little bit longer. <laughs> and Casey and Joe were like, what are you talking about? Like, you better, you're about to lose first spot if you don't hurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And finally, I was like, all right, all right, looks good enough. So we set up across the canyon, and I was like, well, what, what are we at? And they're like, 900. I was like, I don't feel comfortable there. Well, to go back, even previously to elk camp, you and I sat out at Shane's, and we were sitting there sighting our rifles in. And I was like, yep, 200, bullet on bullet, I'm good. And you're like, no, nah, you better you better try the 600, you know, just so you, you know what your range is. Like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, Shane's told me, two to 400, you're good to go. Yep, yep, no problem. And you're like, uh, no, let's shoot some 600s. Glad I listened to you. So then we get down there. And we were like seven and a half, I believe. Well, we ran into those other hunters. Yep. And uh, we ran into some other hunters and looked at them we're like, well, do you guys, are you guys going to go after them? And they're like, no. You, you realize that's a two and a half mile hike out of there. We're like, yeah, and <laughs> So we went down a little that's bit That's an farther. easy pack out around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went down probably another 50, 75 yards and. We found that five by five again, and uh, Joe goes, well, he's at 700 now. I was like, all right, I, I can do that. is just fine. I was like, let's take him. So then we got all set up and pulled the trigger, and all of a sudden, he wasn't around. And we're like, ah, crap. So we're looking and looking, and he was, he was falling right behind three cows. And those three cows took off running. The hill started scattering. We're like, um, we're not seeing him. Well, then we got the plan to, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to go down. Joe's going to stay there. Casey's going to go back up to the side-by-side and wait. What, what was your feeling in that moment? Because there's, there's two ways that can go. You
0: don't see him, so you either think, man, he went down, or you're going dude, we don't even know where to look other than where I shot at him. Yep. You know, he could, all the country honestly, that we hunt in,
3: they disappear like that. I don't know how they do it. But oh, they, you, they you do. can blink and they're gone. But all honesty, I was like, crap, I missed him. You know, they, they told me to go down and go over there. Joe was going to stay behind and flag me to the area where I shot. Because when I pulled the trigger, my gun went up. Well, then I lost track where I shot. Well, then Joe was sucking gun. He's like, I got the area, I got the area, but I can't see him. But he hasn't come out. I was like, okay, okay, no problem. You know, we'll go find him. Well, then Casey went out there side by side. Joe stayed behind. And, you know, being from Iowa, it's flat ground. Well, here, yeah, it's basically <laughs> like trying to climb up skyscrapers. There might be one rock
0: that's flat in the whole valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: And that, that's a big maybe. And so I went down and went over and kept looking back at Joe, and he was doing left and right, and finally I got up, and all of a sudden I just see this five-by-five five sitting underneath a tree. And, you know, it's, it's one of those moments. And, I mean, if, if you've had a bucket list animal and you've shot it, it's, it's an understatement of the feeling. I mean, I can't even explain it. And I took my hat off, and I started waving it so hard and so fast to signal Joe that I found it. And I just went over to that critter, and, yeah, I put my hand on it, and it was like, I got you. Because so many people have doubted me for doing this and accomplishing that. It was just unbelievable. What? Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Why, why are people doubting you? and So at age 21, I was diagnosed with carcinoid cancer. Um, at a, age 21, I had surgery, and I had a softball-sized tumor removed off of my horseshoe kidney. Usually people have two kidneys that are in the back, run down, and then meet up. Mine is one kidney, looks like a horseshoe, right in the middle of my abdomen. And... Uh, So I had that removed, was doing great until about three, four years ago. And then another one popped up and they didn't believe that they could remove it all without taking uh, three quarters of my kidney. So they ended up taking three quarters of my kidney. And so then I turned around and things were looking good. And like a year later, I was diagnosed again, but this time it's my liver. Well, then it went my liver, my lymph nodes, my lower back, bo- uh, bones in general. And so last, it was actually two years ago I got invited out here. Well, then people doubted me last year, and I let it get into my mindset. Well, then I got diagnosed with the liver stuff, and I turned around and said, screw it, you know what, I'm done letting people doubt me. I'm going to do what I want when I want. I'm going to live life to the fullest of every day. So I got invited again this year and took it up, and my wife pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to come out here, came out here, and accomplished what doubters said I couldn't do.
0: And you did it with style, man. (laughs) Like, where you shot it, I mean, that's not an easy pack out, period. No. On top of that, you just dialed your gun in for 600, and at 700 you put it right through the heart one shot. Yep. And, dude, the – The amount of work that goes into this, people don't understand it. I mean, like, nobody does. They're like, oh, man, I want to come out and hunt. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) you might have a hard time climbing in a tree stand, much less packing out, you know, a 50-pound quarter.
3: Well, it's like everything you see on TV. It's, you know, it's leading up to the shot. But they never show the aftermath of that. Yeah. You know, breaking it down on the mountain, throwing it in your backpack. Then walking the quarter mile down, with snow, mud attached to your boots, everything, and then all of a sudden you got a 45 to 65 degree angle upward for half a mile, and I mean I'm not gonna lie, it was every 10, 15 steps I had to stop. Yeah. I mean it's, you want to get in shape, you come on out here and throw 100 pounds <laughs> in a backpack and start. You either want to get in shape or you list. want to
0: die. That's what you do. Yes, yeah. Exactly. No, it's definitely, it's grueling packing out an animal, for yes. sure, no matter yep. how far it is. Yep. And the the terrain we're in is unforgiving. I mean, you guys had a couple people roll their ankles before yeah. you even got to the incline part.
3: Yep. I think, uh, yeah, Shane rolled it going up.
1: Casey rolled and then it then going Casey down. Casey rolled it going down. And then... When Casey fell down, he couldn't even get up because his backpack got hooked on a tree. Well, it yeah. was
0: so funny because we were we were packing in to go get my elk, and we see we see you guys up there, and we see you flagging us up, and we're like, dude, we're not going anywhere right now. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. We've got we've got a four mile trek ahead of us one way. Yep, and. And then we saw Casey coming down the mountain, and so we're like, oh, we'll just wait for him. Well, then Casey disappears for like 15 minutes, and we're like, dude, he should be down here by now. And then he finally pops out, and he tells us (laughs) what had happened, (laughs) that he had fallen, and he got hung up and stuff, because he had two full quarters, I mean, not boned out, Yeah, two full quarters, and <laughs> he had fallen down, and they got trapped under a tree branch, and he's, like, wiggling, trying to get out of his backpack. And, oh, man, I wish I would have seen it. I probably wouldn't have helped him. I probably would have videoed the whole thing, though <laughs> just watching him <laughs> wiggle around there. But, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so what were you shooting? What gun and what caliber? I shot a uh, Savage 110, 300,
3: uh, 300 Win Mag.
0: Nice. That's awesome. And, just yeah, I guess I didn't say it. I'm, I was shooting a uh, Browning. Hell's Canyon and 300 PRC. Yep. And that 300 caliber round, it's awesome. But people think that you have to have it to elk hunt, and you really don't. I mean, I've shot elk 600 yards plus with a 6.5. I know Sean swears by his 270. I mean, he's like, dude, I hunt with that 270 all the time. And a lot of people back in Wisconsin, when I told people, they're like, oh, you got to have 300 caliber round. You got to have whatever. And I'm like, hmm.
3: Nope, you sure don't. There's a lot of dead elk to prove it. That's that's how it is like in the Midwest. Everyone's like, oh, you need this big gun. And it's like, you come out here and, you know, you see the locals and, yeah, no, it's 270, 308, 65 Creedmoor. And it's like, I wish they would have told me that. So I didn't have such a heavy gun. Well, in, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people say that back there
0: because they're shooting whitetails with 308s and 300 rums. And I'm like... Do you not like meat? Like <laughs> There's not going to be much left of that animal. Uh, Jason, you got to camp, and you went out immediately the next day.
2: Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, there was five of us. We went, um, it was probably like a hour to two-hour quad ride in, and then um, dropped into a real steep um, canyon um, from trailhead to where we actually – Started hunting. Uh, we were planning on spending the night. Was probably um, camp spot was probably a mile mile or two in. Started hunting. You know, um, three four miles in. Um, there was five of us. So I was actually th- priority like third of the group. So it wasn't expecting really to to shoot or anything like that. You know, kind of going along, pack something out, um, just going along for the experience. Um, The way it worked, um, as we hiked in, the three of them wanted to push through and just get to camp set up because it was like middle of the day and they didn't expect to see see anything going on and hunt the evening. And uh, they kind of pushed through. Me and Fish hung back on the uh, first pitch we were dropping into and just kind of glassed. Um, and we started seeing some, some activity, some, saw a, uh, pack of bulls and, um, kind of watched them. And we actually, um, decided to go pursue them. And as we did, another hunting group came and kind of pushed them off. So then, uh, we heard some whistling and, uh, there was some shooting going on around us. So it actually stopped the, the first three that went in from um moving on to set up camp and they were waiting for us at the bottom of the first pitch and so we came we heard them whistling we went down there and uh we decided just to set up camp right there instead of going all the way to the back and uh setting up camp there so we set up camp and then um sean who has been hunting the area for 10 years um kind of made out a plan for us and um the first three were gonna hunt this meadow and then me and Fish went on past them and um, I think it was closer to the area that Dan, you shot one. And um, so we got into, they set up before us, we pushed past them and uh, we were just hanging out, glassing. Um, Fish took a nap <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, it was my first day, big game back there. I was super, Excited and decided to go hike around and uh, see if I could get a different angle and um, just glass more of the area. And then when I came back to find him, he had woken up and um, he, seated, he spotted a, a bedded, bedded uh, bull and um, it was just laying there. And he, and he he asked me and he's like, you think that's a that's an oak?" And I was like, I looked, and I couldn't really tell, but I just decided to be like, yeah, that's one, just, cause, just to keep us moving. And so we decided to pursue it. We, we ranged it then, and it was just out of 1,000 yards. And then there was a ravine between us, and we are going to push into the next finger to get a better look at it. And we did. And as we did, we came up over the ridge, and we, and we saw it again and ranged it again, and we were at like 420 there. And um, he asked me if I was comfortable shooting there. I, I actually tried to get him to shoot it, and um, he wouldn't. He told me it was, it was my shot. So um, to be honest with you, when I, was, when I was sighting my gun in to come out here, um, I ran out of ammunition, and um, I um, was shooting, and then I made one last correction to my scope, and didn't get to another, fire another round before I came here. So I wasn't uh, that confident in, in, my, uh, in my scope or my sights. And um, So we're at 420. And um, he won't shoot it. So he's like, this is your, this is your, this is your shot. Um, I'm going to follow your lead. And we were talking. The wind was in our face, kind of left to right. And he was just sitting there, not moving. The whole time, he watched it for 20 minutes before I got there. And uh, so then it kind of sunk in that I'm going to have to uh, shoot this animal. And um, so the adrenaline started going, and uh, I wasn't comfortable at 420. So he wanted to kind of work around the mountain and come in at a different angle because he thought if we went straight in, he would see us. And um, I decided just to, just to push in there. So we kind of came off to the right and uh, just tried to hide behind trees got into like uh 350 and um, I actually took a shot and my magazine wasn't loaded right. It didn't load. My round didn't load. So I uh, misfired. And then we snuck in, we got into 315. And once we got into 315, I couldn't see it anymore. He still could see it. And it took me a long time to, to find it. And then eventually I saw it and you could see with your, you know, naked eye. It was just like big, yellow body, and he was uh, facing towards our right, head down, just grazing, and um, I was ready to shoot, and I was like, I'm going to shoot, and then he turned and looked at us, he didn't turn and look at us, but he he changed his direction and started going back to the left, and I was like, I'm going to shoot, and Fish was like, no, 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 and then Right before he started to take off, he must have heard us talking or something, and he looked up at us, and I was, like, looking through my scope, and he's just, like, we just, like, made eye contact. And I just knew that I had to uh, shoot then. So I was, like, I'm shooting, shot, and uh, couldn't tell if I hit him. He kind of, like, you know, um, made some kind of movement, and then he went down the mountain towards us, and he got into, I think, uh, probably 200 yards and... um, and then he stopped, and, I, and then I backed my scope off, put it back in on him, and then he started to go back up the mountain. I was like, I'm shooting again. And I shot again and then um, disappeared. And we stayed there for a couple of minutes, you know, five minutes, and uh, didn't see any kind of activity or anything like that. So we just decided to go in there and see if he was alive. Walked in, and, uh, yeah, he was facing us. Uh, he was dead. I mean, I was super nervous walking, in, walking up to him. Um, you know, just put my hand on them, and uh, we, we were hoping that the other guys with our group would maybe have heard us and um, would be able to come and help us, but they didn't hear or anything like that, so we just started to um, quarter them and uh, clean them up, hung them. Um, it was dark by the time we got that done, took the hind quarters I made a Super amateur move and brought a day pack. It didn't even have a pack to put any meat in. You know, I wasn't even planning on shooting, so I just had a little backpack. So I had to just throw the hind quarter. We didn't get to bone it out over my shoulder and hike it out. We probably had a mile or two to get back to camp. And uh we finally got back there. They had a fire going. We walked in and they were like, is that meat? over your shoulder. (laughs) They're like, we're hungry. Caveman style. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) and, uh, cut a little off, ate a little bit, and and then we went to bed. But um, yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, Yeah, I'll never forget it.
0: All right, guys. Unfortunately, seasons are starting to come to an end all across the country. And a lot of people start to lose hope at this point in the year. But here's a couple tips and tricks that just may help you find success in the late season. Number one, watch the weather. If you have a good snowfall out there, you need to be out there glassing or walking the woods, looking for fresh tracks of the big bull or the buck that you've been after all season long. Get up on a glassing hill and scan the opposing ridge lines with the spotting scope. Figure out where the animals are moving. There's no better way to know animal behavior than going and finding fresh tracks the day after a snow. Also, don't be scared to get aggressive in the late season. At this point in the year, if you blow an area out, you've got nine months before you'll be back in there. So push the limits just a little bit more. Step outside your comfort zone. If you're looking for those extra tools to help you find success in the late season, check out what's new from Vortex at vortexoptics.com. And head to your favorite Vortex dealer to make sure you're ready for everything fall can throw at you. So you guys both didn't think that you were first shot. Now, what I mean, do you think that helped you out or hurt you in the long run? Do you think maybe it would have played mind games with you? Like the anticipation, like, man, if we see one, I'm up. Instead of like, all of a sudden you see one and then you're told, hey, it's time to go, you're shooting.
3: In all honesty, I think it uh, it it's brings a light to reality that you never know when your turn is. But always be prepared for that situation. Yeah. Like, I will, even today when we were glassing, I mean, I still had a backpack on my shoulders glassing. Yeah.
2: I am never leaving a backpack behind again. It will always be with me. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, yeah, it definitely helped. It was... Um, from, like, moment we saw it to pursuing it, it was, um, there wasn't enough time to, like, stop and think. We had to just, like, keep pursuing, keep moving. Um, and so, yeah, it, it didn't allow my mind to, like, creep in to, like, uh, make a mistake or anything like that. You know, I, um, I kind of felt like this was my opportunity, and I wanted to just pursue it as hard as I could the best i could and uh and hopefully it worked out uh so yeah i didn't didn't uh didn't allow my mind to run into you know a lot of things but
0: yeah well dude it doesn't sound like having a day pack slowed you down at all i've been hearing stories ever since about how much of an animal you are out there on the mountain packing out meat (laughs) sean was like dude I was like, man, I'm going to make it up the mountain. I'll come back and help you out. I'll grab your gun. And you're like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm doing it all. And he's (laughs) like, dude, he is a workhorse.
2: Yeah, that that was important to me. I wanted to, um, if I did shoot, I wanted the animal to die quickly. And I wanted to uh, put in as much effort as I could to get it out of there.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, taking in everything. Because the trigger squeeze accounts for a second. Or if you... Take a couple shots, you know, a short amount of time, whereas the whole experience is what we're all out here for. You know, anybody can go and buy meat at the grocery store, but actually being out here and living it and seeing these animals and putting in the work. Like, Steve Rinella talks about it all the time. It's type two fun. Like, type one fun is roller coaster. You know, it's like, oh, this is exciting. It's exhilarating. And then you never think about it again. Type two fun, it's work. And it's grueling and packing meat up the mountain is just like it's never going to end we're never going to get to the top and then (laughs) as soon as you get there you're just like oh yes a side-by-side a (laughs) four-wheeler and then you go i would do that all again right now oh yeah and you'll look back on these these memories and the work that was put into it and it'll all be worth it and you'll want to come back out and do it again
2: oh yeah so that's awesome definitely yeah i think uh I grew up playing ice hockey, and uh, you can see a man's character, I always said, within a shift or two of, like, who that man is, and I think hunting's the same way, you know. Um, you can kind of see what kind of a man people are, you know, when, yeah. when you're back there, and um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what gun
0: were you shooting, and what caliber?
2: I was shooting M one a M1A1 Scout uh, 308. Um, it was like a... Um, seven, seven, uh, seven millimeter. No, seven, um, Six two. my scope was, uh,
3: oh.
0: yeah, seven power, seven power. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Joe, you're up. Most recent. I mean, we are fresh (laughs) off the, well, I I would say we're fresh off the mountain, but we got it done and packed out by noon. Yeah. Easiest pack out of the week for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, By the
3: way, I need a water,
0: Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We have a rule around camp that if you shoot an elk, you are beer bitch for the night. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not only beer, it's any type of drink that somebody wants. And so we've all taken turns <laughs> so far this week, the four of us. We've been getting a lot
1: of drinks. Yeah, yes. tonight was my turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we kind of just, uh, first day we got here, we got here on uh, Friday and uh, got stuff set up. Saturday morning, me, Sean, Casey, and Addie. We went in the side-by-side, just kind of went scouting, kind of split up a little bit, you know. Um, You guys went your way, and we went a different way. Uh, So everybody wasn't in the same spot. Didn't really see nothing. And then uh, the next day, we kind of went out, and I think Sean might have packed in that day. And I can't remember, but we, we went to a few different spots looking, and Really, we, we'd see some, but they were kind of out there. We made a plan. We'd seen some really nice bulls um, come up in a little uh, meadow. And so we made a plan to pack in. So me, um, Casey, and Addie packed in. We got set up, and uh, I looked to my right, and there's a hunter down below us, right where the elk were walking. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, crap. So we're sitting up on the hill, and we wouldn't see them much. And then, then uh, my boy Casey goes, uh, Dad, there's another hunter down, down in front of us. So I got to Glass, and sure as heck, you know, there was another guy. So there was two guys there, and it was getting about dark. Here come this herd, and there was a nice bull in there. There, there were several bulls, but there was one really nice one, and they were kind of heading our way. And the one guy that was to the right of us must have seen him, and he started kind of put a sneak on him and i don't know if they smelled them or actually what happened but they kind of got a little nervous you know and started kind of running towards us but more to our left and there, the hunter in front of us i was surprised he didn't shoot but that other guy did that was to the right and that whole herd just took off so we we took off chasing them running up thinking okay they're going to go this way going to go that way it didn't work out they went the wrong way (laughs) so uh so we hiked back out of there that about killed me (laughs) i was huffing and puffing just getting off of this little little knoll it wasn't even much to walk on you didn't even know what real work was at that point no no (laughs) no i mean i helped casey pack out the year before but um that it was only i bet it wasn't even a quarter mile from the side by oh geez we need to start hunting with casey (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) right so uh so just kind of just been hitting it hard, just going around trying to go out all the time, you know. Um, we uh, ended up—I don't think we hunted Wednesday at all because I wanted to get the camper out of there before the snowstorm come in because it was a booger getting in there and stuff was getting dry. And I thought, man, I'm 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 moving closer to the highway before before stuff happens. And we uh, did that. So Wednesday we pretty much didn't hunt. Um, Thursday morning we went out and. Uh, Went down a road that most people don't say, don't go down it, because it's pretty pretty bad, you know? It keeps the
0: other hunters out for the most, well, until and this does. year.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah. So we went down this hill, and and uh, it was pretty rough. Got to the bottom, stopped, just kind of glassed around. Well, we glassed from the top there. Found two, two little bulls. It started snowing. Um, one was a spike, and I, the other one we couldn't really tell. If it was a shooter bull or not but it didn't look much bigger you know it was inside the ears and stuff so casey's like well dad you want to go down and i'm like not really you know (laughs) i said uh if that was a big monster yeah i'd be i'd be willing to do it but it's it's inside the ears, it it can't be much bigger than that spike, you know, and we didn't know if it was legal, he goes, well, he kept pushing me, let's go, let's go, you know, and I'm just like, let's go at least look, and I'm just looking at this hill, I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to walk down there, and then find out it's, you know, a two pointer, you know, so I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sit right here, and and then we come back, and and then uh, that's kind of when we ran into you, and, and then that's, you know, it really started snowing that one night, and that evening, we went out, and we got to the top. It was cold, snowing, snow blowing our eyes, and you just couldn't see nothing. And then pretty soon, Casey goes, I think there's a cow down. There's, there's something laying right here. And I tried looking. I couldn't see it. You as Dan was looking, you know. And, and uh, we finally figured out it was just a mule deer. So uh, we... Uh, did a little more scouting. It got real foggy. Couldn't really see much. And then it'd clear up. You could see a little bit. And then we seen a few. And and then we said, uh, let's hit that in the morning. You know. And then uh, this morning we went out, and it was uh, cold as heck. I when we, when we got there, it was cold up on top. It just gets more and more brutal. Oh the, yeah.
0: The higher up you get, and they say yeah. every thousand feet you lose ten degrees. Yeah. And it. <laughs> If that's the case, we went five thousand feet higher than where we are. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, for sure. Um, and we, we was glassing. We seen uh, what did we see? One bull, that one bull that would come out in that pasture, yep. way out there. And then two more popped out out there. And then two more popped out, and uh, we was looking at him. Was like, ah, you know, it was kind of trying to make a plan and then all of a sudden i don't know if it was you or casey that seen casey yeah yeah casey seen one real close coming towards us thought it was a mule deer yeah i thought it was a mule deer and uh yeah we just kind of hung out there and watched and pretty soon somebody said hey here comes another one and uh they ranged it and i think it was 900 yards or something i can't remember but it it was kind of walking towards us so that, that was kind of cool. I thought, oh, this could make my life a lot easier, yeah. trying to pack something out, you know. Well, and
0: at that point, we realized both both of what we initially thought were mule deer, because of how close they were. Yeah. We were like, oh, they're muleys. We saw them down here the other night. No, they were both bull elk. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and then they said that second one's a bigger one, so let the first one go by. And they were coming through some, um, oh, they had a fire here a while back, and there was a bunch of dead burnt trees and then there was some cedar trees and the first bull went in the cedar trees and about 300 yards behind that was a little bigger bull and he was he was following that first bull's path so i guess when they when they first seen the first bull i ran back to the side by side because he was probably 40 yards maybe from the side by side yeah and i ran back i grabbed the pack because i wanted to lay down to shoot and I so set the gun up on the pack and it uh, was walking and I don't know if it was Sean or, or Dan that was saying, hey, this, uh, this bull is at uh, 700, 600, 540. And then, so I was turning the turret to 540 and, and uh, it kind of stopped right before it went into the, into the cedar trees. I squeezed off a trigger. I wasn't sure if I hit it or not, and somebody said you hit it, and then uh, it uh, was walking into the cedar trees. It laid down, and we really couldn't make it out. I I couldn't really see it. Dan could see it, Sean could see it, but I couldn't see it. You know, they're looking through binoculars and stuff. And 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 when when
0: when it first went into the cedars, I saw like the antlers sticking up. And then it looked like it either dropped or bedded down. And so I was like, okay, he's
1: down. He hasn't come out yet. Yep, yep. And uh, so Sean finally got me on it. I fired another round or two, and I couldn't. But it was going through cedar trees, and I could just barely see part of the head. So I was trying to shoot it, like, in the back of the head because it was looking away from us. And then Sean's like, let's move over here. He goes. Let's let's try to get a little bit closer. So I think we got. When I went down that little knoll, then it was like 450. He goes, it's 450. So I turned the turret again to 450, and uh, squeezed off another round. And and then I just heard Dan say, "He's down." You know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm really, really thankful. I, I'm not sponsored by PhoneScope Scope or anything. But with how brutal cold it was, just trying to right. stay on it, I had my phone scope set up so I could put my mittens and my hand warmers <laughs> yeah. back on. Yeah. And I'm, like, shaking, and the whole video of it is, like, shaking. <laughs> and then finally, when you squeezed off that final round, yeah. I wasn't even touching it. I'm like, we, we didn't know you were going to shoot because you guys were down quite a ways from us. And then I just yeah. hear, and I just see the rack tump, dump over yep. and I was like, yep.
3: he's down, he's down.
1: Yeah, it was so cold. I my first shot when i got that backpack out my fingernails felt like they were gonna pop off i mean my <laughs> hands were so cold it was like holy cow but yeah it was it was a real exciting hunt um i i came L camp like i said um my first year i didn't buy a license i just come to hang out drink a few beers you know just hang out with the guys see what it was about and then then this year i was like i'm gonna buy a tag case casey's like I think I'm gonna buy a tag too. I was like, well, that's two of us, you know. And and there's a pecking order here, um, like Dan said. If you if you shoot a bull, then uh, you drop to the bottom of the list. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was real exciting. And, and and the other thing is too is if it's uh, if you sh- if you're first shooter, you get a shot. You miss, who's ever next? It's it's fair game. That's when Adam, you know, I like, like Shane told me. When you're first shooter, you get first shot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yep. And I told Adam on his bull, I said, "I'll back you up if you miss. I'm, I'm right there." You know. And like he said in his story, when he shot, Casey was trying to film off the same tree. It was a dead tree, um, and he laid down across it and uh, was shooting off this dead tree. Casey was filming off a branch that come up. Well, when he shot, the recoil ended up shaking the video so it kind of messed up the video you know but yeah and and on Adams he's like I'm not real sure if I want to shoot this or not you know I kind of like a big one and Casey has a camera that um he bought instead of a spotting scope and you can just zoom in a long ways he takes a picture you can count every point on it and he showed Adam and Adam's like yeah I'll I'll, I'll do it yeah I'll 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 do it it. I'll take (laughs) it you know
0: there's always like a criteria that people have in their mind, right? When they come out here to hunt or really hunt anything, you know, some people are like, "Man, I want a ten point buck." You, yeah, you know, if it's a white tail or I want, I want a five by five muley or, yep. you know, you, you have this thing in mind, and then all of a sudden you have an actual elk in front of you. Yeah. And I mean, we've all ki- we all killed great bulls. Like yeah. honestly, yeah. It, it, some years, every one of these would win biggest bull and we do a hundred dollar pot and this year we're at like 1800, $1,800 I, think. I think it is and so uh but yeah every one of these bulls everybody's like dude I would have shot that I would have shot, that. I <laughs> yep. shot yeah. that but it's definitely different when it's in front of you oh and yeah it's time to go
3: yeah like I was expecting you know come out you got seven days I was like shoot you know I should be able to find a nice six by six something worthy of my first elk And I'm not a big rack hunter. I don't really care about the rack, especially with elk. I love elk meat. But for being my first elk, just like my first bow whitetail, I mounted it. So I wanted something decent. And then all of a sudden, like he said, Casey took a picture, and I was having – Doubts about it before that. Then I looked at that picture and I was like, "Eh, yep, yeah, nope, nope, that'll work." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man,
0: that's so cool, and it, it's just a cool atmosphere here at it is. camp. It's it like the, I hear from plenty of people. I'll come back next year, even if I don't get a tag. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll be back here hanging out, helping out. And Billy, I mean, even tonight, he's going to be camp chef next year. He's not buying a tag, and he just wants to come and cook for everybody.
1: Yeah, and that that's going to be nice. <clears throat> um, just because if it's your night to cook and you shoot one in the evening and you're not back and everybody else is waiting for supper, Yep. you know, it, it's going to be.
0: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm yeah. bringing fresh meat back to camp yeah. tonight. Somebody yep. else
1: better cook tonight, you know.
0: Yeah. It's It's just so cool being out here every year. And I missed two years, and I said I'll never miss again. I absolutely love this. And Yeah. It's I a mean, good time. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money invested, especially – For non-residents, I mean, tags over seven hundred bucks a piece. Yep. But
3: the the time spent out here is well worth the money, even if you don't come home. Like me, you know, I'm a huge whitetail or bow whitetail hunter, and right now I was our peak in Iowa, and I just said, you know, I'm gonna try it this year. And after I've been out here, what a week and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think I'll be missing the rut every year. <laughs> dude, I do. I miss the whitetail rut in Missouri every
0: year, and it drives me
3: crazy, but it's totally worth it. Oh, just the just the laughs and the friendships, like Spagoli over here. You know, <laughs> first year, met him, awesome dude. You know, first time meeting a lot of these guys, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, I'll take into my life greater than everyone else just because of the simple fact of, I've got a new bondage with people from what do we say, what do we just count six, six different states
1: five, six five states, states wasn't it oh no six six, yeah. six, six yeah.
3: different states what what was the states
0: uh, we've got Nebraska Iowa Missouri Wyoming, Wyoming Colorado and Pennsylvania
1: yeah, yeah that's right
3: and we've got what two more first shooters
0: Yeah. to go yeah we've got two guys who haven't got one yet. No, then and we'll have all first shooters done. What's cool is out west, you get a lot of hunting camps where people are like, man, you don't invite new people. Yep. Like, this is, our, this is our spot. This is our spot. At this camp, it, every year we bring new people out, and everyone's on board. Like, dude, I'll give up my first spot yeah. shooting, yep. and yeah. we're going to get this person an elk. And if you went in that tent right now, right next door, and said, how many of you guys got your first elk here? I bet you ninety percent of the hands would raise, oh yeah, and they, it's they 're just all about it, and the lashinsky crew, I mean all three brothers, their dad, the daughter, the nieces, nephews, whatever, yep. Yep. like everybody here is on board with that and and they 've made it a priority to get other people passionate about the sport that they love
1: yeah they 're oh, wow. uh, an awesome family.
2: Sean brought me down there, and um, he was he was great, he knew where he was putting me and um Put me out there and, and told me, you know, where to look and uh, put me in the right spot. And um, he was the first one there to help me bone it out, haul it out. And, uh, yeah, great family.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a place that I'm very grateful for. And this whole valley, it, it's treated us well. I mean, we the one thing that we haven't mentioned is here when you shoot an elk, I mean, it's a team effort getting it out. Yeah. And so with that, we split the meat. No matter if you fill a tag or don't, everybody takes an equal cut of meat home. And uh, just everything about this place is pretty cool. So I'm very grateful for it, and I know you guys all are. And congrats, guys. Three first-timers getting a bull this year. That is, I think that's probably a record. I don't know if there's ever been a year where three first-time elk hunters have gotten elk. Yeah. Well,
3: I think it's that, and I think it's an overall record because wasn't Sean saying that the most they took out of here was six and three of them were cows? Uh, no, no they nine. did. They
0: took nine. Nine. Three, three of them were cows. Six bulls. and oh, three Oh, okay. So, but need... I mean, we've got we've got another day tags. to go. If we get if we, we get, a get a two more bulls, that's a record on bulls this year.
1: One more bull would tie it.
0: Yeah, one more bull would tie it, and. Uh, But the meat, I mean, how many times have we had elk this week? Like, the amount of wild game that we eat here is amazing. You know, people aren't buying store-bought meat for the most Mm -hmm. part. I mean, people are bringing elk sausage and burger and steak and we're making tacos. Uh, You guys made walleye last (laughs) night, which was killer. Delicious. And found out today that if you uh, put walleye in salt water and pull them out, like boil them in salt water, pull them out and dunk them in in butter it tastes just like lobster apparently really. so that's going to be mm. next year we're going to have to put that on the menu for billy there you go <laughs> but it's been awesome and i appreciate you guys recapping your stories i just love hearing it and you know it, just get ready we're going to be telling i i've probably if you've hunted with me more than one day you've heard my elk stories multiple oh, yeah. times you know like it's just <laughs> how it is we get out there and it's like that's where it all went down and i tell all the details and
3: they're like yeah you told me that yesterday
1: yeah See, but, that's
3: one thing I love here, too, after you shoot your, shoot your elk, you know, even if you weren't there, when we get back and congregate at the end of the night to eat and have a few beers, you know, the shooter that day recaps how it went down, yep. and it's like you were just there. Yeah, yeah. Whether you were or whether you weren't, I mean, that's just how it is, and I love it because, hell, there's a lot of times that I close my eyes, and I imagine I'm right next to the guys, Yep. And it's awesome.
2: Yeah, one other thing too, um all the experienced hunters here have been super helpful, share information and um especially you you've been you've been great um answering questions, sharing information. And I think um yeah, I just thank you, you know, for yeah. everything that you taught me.
0: Man, it's awesome. I I want to p- pay it forward because i learned literally everything i know about elk hunting from this elk camp i mean i've watched youtube videos and stuff but nothing beats this firsthand information when they're saying you know look on these mountainsides this is what the elk do in the weather this is what they should be doing this time of year like nothing beats that yeah it's it's a classroom for for hunting out here and uh so yeah it's been awesome to be with you guys and you know hear your stories and be with you on a hunt and uh, I look forward to many more yes. so.
1: and video on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got some video that'll
3: be going up. Well, I, I'm hoping next year that I can get a camera like Casey. So then we'll have three cameras going.
0: Well, I, I told them, uh, I told Sean today, I was like, I'm hoping to have a videographer out here next year. I might hire a videographer to come out and do it. And I said, I'll make sure it's a non-hunting videographer so that they don't come (laughs) steal our hunting spot. But, you know, we'll get somebody out here so that we don't have to be worrying about that and so our hands aren't freezing in the bitter cold. Yeah. But uh, uh, thanks for recapping. And uh, I would keep, I mean, we could talk about stories all night long, but Joe, I think there's Probably a lot of glasses empty
3: over
1: there, and they're <laughs> yeah. probably wondering where you are. I just appreciate you getting me out of being beer bitch for a while.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
2: well, thank you, Dan, for having us. It's yeah,
3: thanks, awesome. man. Yeah. yeah, thanks. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, thank especially you. Especially getting to meet you and the knowledge you spread with me, especially with me, and like Spagoli said, with him. I mean, all the way from my, my vortex scope that I had on my gun to the knowledge of the elk. I truly do appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. Yep. Anytime. And uh, like I said,
0: many more to come. So, yep. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that because, like, this is what it's all about getting people who want to do these things, want to experience a new type of hunting, a new landscape to hunt in, getting them out there and then watching them succeed in step by step working through the process. Of how to quarter an elk and debone it, and how to hook it to your pack. You know where we're looking for them, what weather conditions, how they affect the hunt. Uh, th- there's just so much that that can't be covered in a podcast episode. But this wasn't the only success that we had. We ended up shooting a total of seven bulls during season. Five of those were taken by first-time elk hunters, and the final day we got two that morning and so it was just a wild wild season we're gonna to have to do a follow-up episode where i have a couple of the other guys on who were involved in that final day hunt oh my gosh man i'm on cloud nine this is it's still unbelievable and i can't wait to get to get everything back uh to get the meat back to get the skull back and i think i'm gonna shoulder mount this one so geez that'll be incredible to have a shoulder mounted elk anyways i'm just i'm daydreaming i'm super giddy still from this episode from this week of hunting and uh i hope you guys all get to get out there and experience it at some point because it really is amazing chasing these animals out in their their natural habitat in the mountains of colorado it's been great so until next time get out there and chase a new adventure